and we're live. So, guys, I, I've uh, we've decided to change the way that we're doing these potties a little bit. Um, and so I'm bringing in this long-haired, beautiful man who is actually the guy who really runs the show here at JCF. This is this is Josh Hamilton. Uh, so Josh is our CEO. Uh, so he actually calls the shots. So I come up with the crazy ideas and the wacky stuff, and Josh ignores half of those and then implements the rest of them. Uh, that's a pretty accurate summary, right? But they're here behind the business, bro. They're here behind the business. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. So Josh and I are going to be going to be chatting in this, and Josh has got a stack of questions that we're just going to run through, and hopefully it's going to uh, going to provide some some value to you guys. So like, I think I'm just going to hand over the reins to you now, Josh, as per usual, and I'll let you take it from here. All right. Well, like, I guess. Like it's been it's been a while since I first met you. Oh, it's, it's been four years since I since I first met you in a in a dodgy barley bakery, and you were you were doing some pretty unusual deals at the time. And uh, <laughs> you're just bribing a police officer. That's right. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was it was it was quite life. Um, it was interesting because obviously, like we spoke about it, you, you're an influential guy on the internet now, you know, you call it an influencer and whatnot. Please don't but, call me an influencer. Yeah, yes. it's, it's, a, it's, a ter- it's a terrible thing. But what I find really interesting is that you're exactly who you are. Like we And we don't see that all that often. Like when I met you, you were just open, honest. You were like, hey, bro, how are you going? And I had some challenges at the time. Like things were pretty rough. And you were just like, bro, how can I help you out? And I ended up coming to do some Work for you at the time and then um, working with some of your clients, which was just awesome. And you, you poured everything you caught on me, which was great. But I was like, I've always been really curious. Like, where did you start? Like, how did this, what was the kind of the spark to the fire that really started you off in this journey into, into men's mentoring, doing your own thing? Like, what even kicked that off? Yeah, so there's a couple of things. Because I've, I've done like a pretty unusual pathway. Like, it's not like... I just said, you know, I came out of school and like, I want to be an online PT and like, and then, and then after that, I want to become a men's coach. Like I didn't have anything planned out at all. It all just worked. Like, uh, so when I was at school, I, I remember helping one of my mates and he was a bit chunky. And I remember like writing him up a meal plan so that he could, you know, lose a little bit of weight. The worst meal plan I've ever seen. I actually saw it a couple of years ago. I was like, that's fucking atrocious. I can't believe I ever recommended that. But hey, what does a 16-year-old know? So I always had like a, a, a an inkling towards wanting to actually help other people. And I know that sounds so cliched, but um, there was two parts to it. It's like the the first part was I enjoyed learning and I've always loved learning this stuff. You know, like I, you guys probably know my story by now. Like I wanted to be a doctor. So it was like going through school and, and whatnot. I, I wanted to be a doctor. I wasn't smart enough to get into medicine at school. And so I went through the long way and went, went into uni. Well, I also wasn't sure what I wanted to do at school. Like, fuck me. You know, one of the craziest things is like you're 17 years of age and people are expecting you to make decisions which are going to alter your whole life. How the fuck do you know what you're going to do at 17? I I am in a totally different position right now, 10 years on, to, to where I thought I would be. You know, like I never dreamed that I would have this life or thought of this. This is just so far off. I thought I'd be a doctor, a dentist, or a pharmacist, or whatever my teachers told me that I should be. Right? Like that's that's pretty much what I was going for. But so I was studying in there and I loved learning and I really, really enjoyed like the the way that the human body works. You know, I did bodybuilding. I played rugby at a decent level. Like I was, I was pretty good at it. Uh, I thought I was better than what I was. 
but it's like uh, I always enjoyed the physical aspects of things that led me into bodybuilding that led me into then coaching there on after because I enjoyed getting people shredded and jacked you know young James when he was 18 19 like that was the be all and end all I didn't care about partying or sleeping with girls or anything like that I just want to be big and shredded like that was it and so it kind of evolved along there, like as I went and faced, you know, my own bullshit. So like when I was growing up, I had really bad acne. And I remember thinking this, I had this penny drop moment, which is like, I'm going to have these fucking big things. I used to have cystic acne. So it's like that big. It's like the size It's massive, these massive things all like over my face, not just on my body, like on my face as well. So you can't hide that. You know, beanies only cover so much. When there's on your cheek, there's not many accessories which cover your cheeks these days, particularly for men. And so I was like, well, fuck it. I'm going to have a bad face because I'm going to have acne. So I'm going to get big because if I can't do anything about my face, I can control my body. So at least I'm just, I'm just going to get shredded and jacked. And so that's where the bodybuilding started. And then I ended up having success with it. And then that rolled on. But then what, like more interesting, like what? What we're doing right now is so much more fulfilling than what we've ever done. Like I much prefer the coaching that we're doing now of working with guys in helping them improve their businesses, improving their careers, making more money. Like we had one dude who went from making $900 a week to $1,800 a week, right? In like a couple of months. It's massive. Another guy went from 50K to 150K a year. It's like, it's a, it's a huge change that we're able to have there. Like I love that stuff. I, I love the relationship side of things, like where we're helping men have more satisfying relationships and connection with their partners. Um, you think know. that is like, you talk about the cliche part, right? And I mean, to be honest, 16 years old, deciding that, you, you know, you can write a program. Like yeah. You're young. That's kind of ballsy. It's kind of ballsy, right? It's like, you know, you don't see many 16-year-olds going, yeah, bro, I'll help you out. That's, that takes confidence. But why, like, you, you've got this passion going well with men, Mm. But but why men? Like why why not everyone? Why not doctors? Just why men? Why men? Well, first of all, like it's probably not going to be women a whole lot because name one man that actually understands women well, you know. And let's let's be frank, there the best yeah, cool. coaches for women are generally women, not men. There are some instances where there's the exception to that. Uh, but in terms of like why I like working with men is because it's mentally stimulating. Um, the cool thing is that we can help men effectively. We're really fucking good at it. It's like if you come to JCF, you get a result. The only way you don't get a result, I'm not going to say that 100% of people who come here get a result and, and work with us get a result because it's not true because there's about 2% of people who don't do the fucking work, right? <laughs> it's like, why? This program is proven. We've done this thousands of times over. Just follow the fucking program and you get a result. So that's the, they're the people who don't get a result. Everyone else who follows it appropriately, they crush it. And that's probably like the best thing is because when you see somebody make more money, have better connection relationships, and then be far, far healthier for it as well, what's better than that? Like that is the coolest thing. We're in, we're very fortunate that we're in an industry where we get paid to do stuff, which is genuinely fucking awesome every single day. Like what's not to love about that? What do you, what do you think it is? Like this, a, a large amount of people want more money. It's, it's, I'm, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not, it's just the base level. Like if you ask somebody, yeah, I want more money. There's, there's seven levels underneath that of what they actually want, right? And yes, money is helpful, used in the right way. It, it's a fantastic tool that we have in this world. 
why is it that what we do at JCF through, you know, all the systems and the programs that we build, why do you think it has such an impact on people's financial situation or their business or their relationship? Because lots of people come into JCF and they they see shredded James. They're like, fuck yeah. Oh, and as a man in the world that we are, we're like, I want that body. And that's one of mm. the first thoughts. But then there is so much more to that. And the results that we get are people talk about it and they, they may have come in and they're like, yeah, I want a six pack. I want this. But actually what they talk about is like, fuck, my, my wife loves me again. I'm, I'm not a dick to my kids. And I, I don't know how, but I'm, I'm making more money in my business. Or even if they don't own the business, they're, they're an employee, like they've got a normal nine to five. Look, what do you think the major things are that change those? Yeah. So there's a couple of different levels to that. So I'm going to start like right up on the, on the macro level, on the, on the most broad thing. The parts of us which allow us to lose fat and gain muscle, to have a healthy relationship, to be able to make more money progressing in our career, to be happy, to be fulfilled, they're all the same things. You need the same character traits. You need to do the same actions. And the reason why our program does all of those things and why we've had success with coaching in all of those areas is because if you want to lose fat, gain muscle, make more money, have greater success, have a better connection with your partner, well, first of all, it kind of helps if you have good energy levels, right? Have you ever seen someone who's like a millionaire? Like I hang out with a fair few millionaires, you do too. And it's like, you know, any of those guys, do, are any of them like waking up in the morning feeling like shit? No. Are any of the guys who have incredible connections with their wives and their partners and their kids, are they the ones who like don't have the energy to do anything? No. The people who are shredded and jacked and manage to have a lean physique all year round, do they wake up tired in the morning? No. So it's like it's the basic stuff. If you have low energy, your life is not going to be easy. You're playing life on hard mode. Like I always talk about this. Like I play life on sandbox mode. I want my life to be as easy as possible in every single way. The easiest way to make your life easier is just have more energy. It's simple. Have more energy. Have better brain function. Be able to make better decisions. Make it so that you are inherently more motivated. You don't have to jack off on pre-workout or on motivation porn or anything like that. And motivation porn is like those speeches where you're listening to someone say, you can do it because you were born to do it and all this fucking crap, right? It's like, just make it so that your life is easy. Make it so that you have all your ducks in a row and then everything falls into line. That's why we've got guys like Marcus Norton and Nortec. When, he met, when we met Marcus, didn't have much money. He was pretty much broke. And now he's got a business he's doing, he's going to hit like 50 million a year this year, right? And he's shredded and jacked. And his missus is amazing. And he's going to have a little baby soon. He's like, he's got everything. Right. And this is the same story we see over and over and over again. Because when you work on the things that affect like the 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 the, the basics, like your energy, your focus, your brain function, all that, everything falls into line. Does that make sense? Yeah. It sounds like first principle kind of thinking. You you touched on something that I think is is actually counterintuitive to the the world that we see out there and also belief of men that might be slightly triggering like you i want to play in a sandbox i want my life to be as easy as fucking possible like i want all like this this and this and what i find interesting is like you've built your life on that belief but that belief is not the norm it is very uncommon as we would say like and lots of people are going well you're a dick james like 
fuck you, man. Uh, why should you have an easy life? Like you should, you should have to grind and hustle and you should be doing everything that all these other business owners are doing, you know, fucking just waking up every day exhausted, working the 80, 90 hour weeks, like fucking just, it should be hard for you. But what gives you the right or what helped you give you the right to say, you know what? No, fuck it. It's going to be easy. I'm going to do yeah. it. So I used to have that belief massively. Um, I, I, was, I was the king of the 100-hour work week. Uh, and it's like, like I've done stupid stuff. So we're, we're back, even if we go back to when I was bodybuilding, right? So I, I was competing in IFBB, which is like the top level federation in bodybuilding in the world. I was a professional. I was 10 years younger than everybody else. And I wouldn't take steroids in a division, which allows you to take steroids. Well, not that it allows you to take steroids, but they don't check for steroids. So everyone's on them. Right. And I was like, well, okay, well, I'm not going to take steroids. I'm going to be younger than everyone and I'm just going to win this. I'm going to get to the number one in the world. And I got relatively close. Like, you know, I did I did pretty well. And um, uh, I had this whole thought, this whole idea of, well, I'm just going to outwork everyone. I'm just going to train hard. I'm just going to train six hours a day and we're going to get there. And that mindset definitely works, but it burnt me out in the process. I got sick. I got bipolar, got IBS. I went from being one of the best in the world to nobody, like really, really quickly. It's a very rapid fall from grace. So it just doesn't work. And like the same thing with business, working those 100-hour weeks. The thing that allows you to be successful in business is creativity and innovation. Creativity and innovation are not linked to the amount of hours that you work in the day. In fact, I would actually argue that they're inversely proportionate. In order to have creativity and innovation and moments of genius, which allow your business to be successful and to thrive and to have these monumental movements forwards, which create a massive amount of value in other people's lives, you need to have time and you need to free yourself up and actually work less. It's very counterintuitive. But I pretty much like my response to people would say, you know, what gives me the right or like, why, why can I just say that I want to play life in easy mode? That's stupid. You're a liar, all that sort of stuff. It's like, if you don't play life on easy mode, you're not going to succeed. Simple as that. If you play life on hard mode, you can have success, but you won't succeed. They're very different. You'll never get to where you want to be. You'll never be happy. You'll never have all the things that you want. If you like, you look at what we build out our visions on. We build our vision out on the summit. I'm here right now. I want to be here. What's the gap? How do I want my relationships to be with my wife, with my partner, with my kids? How much money do I want to have? What's the lifestyle I want to, be, want to be living? What house do I want to live in? What location do I want to live in? You know, how do I want to be able to run, jump, squat 300 kilos? Like, what is it that I want to do? And so I want to make it so that I have the easiest path from where I am right now to where I want to be. If you try and make that harder, it's just fucking stupid. Just make life easier. Life's already hard enough. Try and play it on, on easy mode. It's much more fun. Yeah, I mean, that that makes sense. But for some reason, we seem to make things hard. What, what was the switch for you? Like, was there a time in your life where you were like, fuck, why am I like trying to smash my head through this wall when I could just open the door over the other side and just walk through a piece of piss? Yeah, like, totally, was, dude. What was, the, what was the switch? <laughs> So, so, so many switches. Um, so I'm, I'm not that smart, right? So it took me a little while. And, uh, and with, with bodybuilding, uh, you know, I worked really hard, worked my ass off. And there were guys who were doing it way easier, who did way better than me. And I was like, fuck you. Like, I work harder than you. I should be better than this. I still remember when I was very new on the scene. 
Um, like I was one of you know the best bodybuilders going around in my category, in my division, yet other guys were getting paid sponsorships to work with brands and they were making a lot of money and I wasn't. I was like, fuck you. I'm a way better bodybuilder than you are. I, I work harder than you. Therefore, I should be getting paid more than you. I wasn't focused on the value that I was providing. I was just focused on the effort that I was putting in. And the same thing with my business. I'm here grinding, working my ass off from 4 a.m. to 10 p.m. every single day. And then I had friends who were working like four or six hours a day and they're making way more money than me. I was like, fuck you. I work way harder than you. I deserve to get paid more because I work harder because I had zero focus on the value that I provided. And the more that we shift and we, we start looking at the amount of money that we get paid is directly proportionate to the value that we provide. If you provide an immense amount of value, you're going to make a lot of money. You're going to have an immense amount of success. You're going to have fantastic relationships. If you do everything to create more value, your life gets so much better. And it was when I realized that and saw how stupid my way was of working really hard, hustling and grinding and all that fucking bullshit people talk about. And I looked at, well, it's not about the effort that I put in. It's about the value that I create and provide. How much impact can I have on somebody's life? That's when it all changed. So time there, obviously, it's pretty clear that you're smashing your head against the wall for a long period of time. How did you suddenly go from there to just going, okay, how do I shortcut this? How can I, how can I jump? How can I turn 10 years into six months or 10 years into a year? And who did you use to get there? Like what was the who kind did of- you use? That's a great question. Um, so that's where like mentoring comes in. Like that's the biggest thing. So I was also another thing that I did, which was which held me back so much, dude, was and a lot of guys have this. I had a massive ego, right? And I wanted to prove to the world that I could do it all by myself, that I didn't need anyone, I didn't need any help, I've got this and I'll work it out. And it's a really dumb way of thinking, doing anything by yourself. Uh, I remember like with business and I remember, for example, when Facebook ads first came out, I remember I put $2 into Facebook ads and then pulled out $160 of return on that, right? So I made an 80 times return. That's pretty good, right? Let's let's be honest. And I was on a small scale, but anyone who made an 80 times return, right? What's that? An 8,000% return on investment. You would think that you would put more money back into it. But I remember somebody else at that time saying, Facebook ads, paying for Facebook ads is, is for cheats, right? You shouldn't do that. And I, I remember taking that on. I was like, yeah, that's right. I shouldn't have to pay Facebook. Why should I have to pay Facebook? And the same thing happened with business coaching, right? Got business coaches and, and you know, learning from them. And I was thinking, well, I'm already making X amount. Like I was, what was I? I was like 21. I was making about 500 grand a year. And I was like, well, I'm already making 500 grand a year. I don't need you to show me what to do. I don't need you to help me because I'm already crushing it. I'm already doing really well ignoring the fact that that dude was making about 10 million a year, right? He's doing substantially better than me, but I had the ego and audacity to to go and and to not want to learn. And it held me in this holding pattern. And then eventually I started getting my ass kicked. Things weren't growing. I was working harder. Things weren't getting better. And I started thinking, I was like, oh, fuck, well, maybe I should have listened all those years ago. And so then I went out and actually got a business coach. I actually got help. And I got taught by a couple of people and some of them were shit, right? And I blew my money on them. And then most of them were amazing, right? And they were really, really good. And then when I actually started learning from them, um, I actually, it was, it, was, it was all about the same time that it came together and I came across this expression, which was 
stand on the shoulders of giants. You can try and forge your own path and you can try to do it all by yourself. Or you can learn from somebody else, climb up onto their shoulders and then reach even higher than what they did because they've helped you get there. They've already done all the hard work. You can get up to their level and then you can create some amazing stuff from there. That makes sense? 100%. I mean, when I, when I think about mentoring, I think about blind spots, right? So I think about, okay, how do I, how do I shortcut this as much as I much as I can, let's say I see someone who's who's 60 and they've done really, really well in their life, but I'm like, I don't want to wait until I'm 60. And, and it sounds greedy to say, well, I want that, you know, can I do that in five years' time? And I'm like, well, maybe. And the old me would have beat my head against the wall like you did. I was like, fucking, I'll just smash my way there and hopefully maybe one day I'll get their head in the sand. But what do you think it is about having a mentor that, shortens the time for you like why don't make mistakes why has it so much? Sim- simple you just don't make mistakes so everything that we do whenever we don't have knowledge we try and we test and trial and error fuck man the amount of times i've had guys um <laughs> back in the day when i talk with people they would say say things to me like oh i don't really want to learn i don't really want coaching i just want to go at this by trial and error i'm like you're making the dumbest mistake. Like I've done this for years. That doesn't work. That is so stupid. It's like if you, there is so much information on the, on the internet. You can get all the information in the world to do anything, right? Like anything at all. You can build a rocket with the information that's out there. You can get shredded and jacked. You can make billions of dollars, right? With the information, but you got to sift through it all. You got to find out what works and what doesn't work. And every single time you make a mistake, you cost yourself time. And what's the one beautiful thing about time is that it's the only thing on earth that is truly finite. Once we spend time, we never, ever get it back, ever, period. Money, ah, fuck that stuff. That comes and goes, whatever. I've been broke, I made money, I've lost it. It's like money comes and money goes. It doesn't mean anything at all. Money is merely an energy source. And I think that's this is where a lot of people get caught up. When people think on mentoring, uh, they think that it's just going to cost a lot of money. And it's like, well, yeah, but putting money in investments costs a lot of money, but it also makes you a shitload. Um, the, way, the way that I view money is, yeah, it's, it's, it's as an energy source. Money is there to create things. Money is there for you to build, for you to learn. It is there to allow you to do stuff. If you just hold on to money, it's like being obese. Obesity is just the the hoarding of energy. That's all that it is. People who are obese or overweight and have trouble with their their, their weight issues is literally just an excess hoarding of energy. It doesn't serve you well. It eventually kills you. And it sure as hell doesn't make you a better person for hoarding all that energy, right? Same thing goes with money. People who hoard their money and they don't let it flow and use it and make it work for them, never end up better off. You just end up obese and gluttonous and unhealthy and not being able to live up to your highest level and you'll never become your highest self. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does. It absolutely does. Um, I remember chatting to you a while ago about about leadership and and you know how was it that you have been able to be so young and be such a good leader. Like I've, I've spoken to you about this before. Like I've worked with Olympic gold medalists, some of the richest people in the world, 
top education in terms of top schools over in New Zealand, like some pretty high-level dudes and in all, in all sort of different industries. And I haven't worked with somebody who has your level of leadership, personal skills, connection. And like you say, yeah, you've had an ego. Well, you have an ego and it's, it's taken a battering and it's done its things. But like I would love to know because there are lots of dads and everything in, inside our group and we work with a lot of dads. How did your relationship with your dad affect how you are as a leader and, and your success like now? My dad's awesome, like really, really great guy. And it's really quite interesting because the tougher my life was, the worse my relationship with my dad was at that point in time. So my dad and I used to lock horns and fight a heap, right? There was times where we haven't talked to each other in highs and lows and the whole lot. But uh, when I was younger and I had a massive ego, I wouldn't listen to him. My dad always wanted to help me, always wanted to guide, but I didn't listen. I mean, fuck, like name it. Name a young kid, a bloke who's in that awkward phase. You're not a teenager, you're not a child anymore, but you're not an adult either. Name one, one, one kid who actually listens to his dad there. But I wouldn't listen to, to my dad there. And I had that massive ego because I wanted to prove myself. I wanted to show that I was the man and I could be an adult and all that sort of crap. And now when I've become much more confident and secure within myself and who I am, what my role is and what I'm here to do, I've been able to take on his advice way more and I've been able to learn from him way more, which has then had a massive impact as well. And my dad was no slouch. You know, he ran a very large company. He was very, very successful, very, very intelligent. And his job right now is he just goes and mentors and helps other people. He's a really cool cat. Um, and I've learned like a lot from him. There are some areas where I still have a lot to learn from him. There's some areas where I've far surpassed him. But having somebody in that father, father role who he really effectively groomed me from a very young age to go into leadership, like a very young age, like because he just taught me, like because he was a leader, that was his position, and he really espoused those values. And the way that he brought me up with values of number one, the most important thing, and, and, and so many people get this wrong, I would actually have to say this is probably one of the biggest determinants of success in health, wealth, or relationships, right? All three of them. And that is reward delay. If you need every time you do something to get a reward immediately, to get a pat on the back, to get a $50 bonus, to get sex or something like that, if you need a reward every single time you do something, right, an instant reward, you will not do well. If you're happy to work your ass off for an extended period of time, knowing that there's a reward around the corner, which could be there in six months, a year, two years, five years, or 10 years, there's going to be a massive payoff. If you can do that, that is when you'll be successful. That's probably the most helpful thing that my dad taught me is that it's not about what you can get right now. It's what you can do to generate something massive in the future. That makes sense. I remember you talking, you, you talked about that grooming aspect. And I remember you talking, He, your dad would literally just call you a leader, was it? You, and your nickname was Muscles, wasn't it? It was, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you think that had an impact on you kind of going forward? Like you're like, oh, okay, maybe I am a leader. Maybe that's Yeah, definitely. Because the, the, way, the way that dad and my mum, but I've got awesome parents. I'm very fortunate. And um, the way that they told me from a young age, like who I was going to be. And they really, parents are, 
it's such an important role, like both with the dad and with the mum. But I think in boys and men, particularly with the dad, in grooming your identity, if we look back and from the study that I've done, it's everything points to the fact that the father creates the identity of the children. And he, you know, he does that. If you go back a couple of generations, some people still do it now, but the father would sit around at the table on Friday and pretty much espouse the values for the family. This is how we act. This is who we are. This is what we do. This is what you're going to be. And when we have a strong man in that role, we do really, really well. If your dad, well, not that we do really well. If we have a strong man who tells you to be a certain way, that's how you'll become. If you have a man, a father of the house who tells you you're stupid, you're dumb, you're fat, you're useless, you're ugly, guess how you'll probably turn out, right? Stupid, fat, dumb, ugly, and so on and so forth. If you have someone who was like my dad, who called me muscles, funnily enough, ended up trying to get really big, you know, or or tells you that you're going to be a leader or you're going to, you know, have this certain level of success. This is the lifestyle you're going to live. It generally helps you end up turning out that way. Build your life on those beliefs. Definitely. And if you don't have that or if you have the negative side of that, that's where things get really hard. And so you can't use your dad as that person and that's where you need to find somebody else to help you build these beliefs that you want. I think that's one thing that we do really, really well at JCF is we help find the highest level of men within themselves. Sometimes it's buried really fucking deep, but we find what that is and then help them go there. And that's why we're able to have guys like Adam Nash who within 10 weeks quit quit opioids, get off antidepressants, triple their testosterone triple their income as well. I forgot that bit, triple their income. And then also rekindle their relationship with his, you know, rekindle his relationship with his wife and with his kids in 10 weeks. Like looking at, looking at the world and you look at men who have not had that in their life and what it creates later on in terms of like, there's a, there's a saying going around at the moment because they say, you know, um, tough times create tough men, tough men create great times, great times create weak men, weak men create tough times. And it's this, it's the circle. Do you believe that you have to have tough times to make a great man? You need to have challenges and adversity because if you're always wrapped up in uh, in cotton wool and you're never, you never have to be tested, you're never challenged, you never grow, challenge is what creates growth and that's true for every single individual. But it doesn't mean that your challenges have to be shit from the environment. For example, you know, Russia and Ukraine are doing their thing at the moment. They're having their little dance. I don't think that we need a World War Three to go and make men better, right? And and to make men, you know, really bloom and blossom. In fact, I think it's going to cause more harm than good if we end up going through that. We learned that through World War One and World War Two had a massively negative impact on men. But what I think that we need to do is that we need to challenge ourselves. The most ideal outcome is for us to be able to number one be in really good times like what we've had. Let's be honest, fuck man, like what a great time to be alive. Like, look at where we're at right now. We might whinge and piss and moan about all the stuff that's going on. And yes, the leaders are corrupt. And yes, you know, coronavirus happened. And yes, there's a wars and shit going on and people are dying every day. But geez, if you look throughout history, we've got a pretty freaking good right now. Like, this is a good time to be alive. We don't need to make that shit up for men to be great. But instead, what we as men need to do is we need to rise the fuck up because we can become complacent. Because you're right, in Australia, you, you can sit on the dole and suck bongs back every day and live a pretty cruisy life. Like you don't have to do much to get by. There's no pressure, right? There's no danger. There's nothing which is going to kill you. But if you don't rise and grow to the challenge, yes, you will become weak. And that's where we need to challenge ourselves. And that's what I always try and do with all of our guys. 
don't just fucking settle. We have a lot of people we, in Australia. We have a culture of settling and being okay. She'll be right. It'll be fine. And never reaching our peak potential. You know what we also have is a massive, massively high rate of anxiety and depression at the same time. If we settle and we never reach our true potential, we inadvertently make life really difficult. And that's why I always go back to it. Let's play life on easy mode. How do you play life on easy mode? Number one, always continually focus on growth. How do I get better every single day in every single way? And number two, get guidance, get help, learn from other men, stand on the shoulders of giants. Because if we do that, then we'll be able to be a very strong man in a very good time. I think it is that it's so scary to to the kind of to men that to face that challenge, to even to even ask if they can stand on the shoulders of somebody else, to to know they want something. Like let's be honest, you're sitting on the couch, you're just fucking life is just coasting you by, you're watching the reel. What do you think is so fucking scary to put your foot in the ring? And go, you know, fear what? of failure every yeah. time, every time, fear of failure. We have this bloke called Darcy who came and wanted to work with us. Um, and I hope Darcy won't mind me using him as an example, but he came and he wanted to work with us. And then just as he was about to start, he pulled out, he said, No, 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 I can't do this. I can't do this. And so pretty much went through and found out what was going wrong. And Darcy threw out every single bullshit reason underneath the sun. It's not the right time. I don't have the time. I'm too busy. It's like, you know, when someone's lying, right? Because they'll use like five different excuses for the one thing. It's like, if someone's telling the truth, they give you one thing and that's it because it's the truth. Like they give you the truth. If someone's lying, they give you five things. So he goes a bullshit answer. And then eventually we got around to it and we understood what it was. It's like, he was just afraid of failing. He was afraid. He was... And Darcy wasn't having a good time, anxious, depressed, hated the way that he looked, hated where he was in his life, was in a massive rut. And he was like, he was worried about failing. I'm like, bro, I hate to break it to you, but you're not exactly crushing life right now. But for him, he was so comfortable in that situation where he was anxious, depressed, stuck in a rut, not making the money he wanted to make, wasn't happy with his job. Like there was literally nothing going well in his life. And he said that. He said he doesn't like anything in his life. Yet the most scary thing for him would be for him to embark on a program and to not succeed. I'm like, wow, that fear of failure is going to keep him in that position for the rest of his life. He will go to his grave with so many regrets because he can't get over that fear of failure. He won't put in. He won't have a crack. And he will live the rest of his life overweight, anxious, depressed, underpaid in a job he hates without any quality relationships. Like, I don't know about you. That's pretty fucking scary to me. Like that is far more scary. But because we fear failure so much, so many men will live that life until they die. That's the thing that scares the shit out of me the most. That's the thing. Yeah. It's what I, what I find most interesting is, you know, the old saying, you're the average of the five people you hang around. So I try hanging around with the most uncommon people I can. But what I find across these uncommon people is like, one, when you ask them a question, they're honest, like, how are you going? If they're having a tough time in a certain area of their life, they're like, mate, I'm going really, really well. I'm actually struggling with this at the moment. And I'm like, that is a big difference between a common man and an uncommon man. However, they do not go, I'm struggling with this, Huawei's me. They go, James, fuck, I'm really struggling with this. Have you got any advice? Do you know anybody? How can you help me out? I want to get better here. 
And and you you actually put it to me in a, in a really good way because I hadn't heard this saying before. You said it's the, the Danny Kruger effect. Could, could you explain Dunning, Dunning Kruger effect. Dunning, yeah, yes. Could you explain that to me? Because I thought it was I thought it was brilliant. I'm like, fuck, that is spot on. And I and I really think that's been a super helpful thing in in my mind. To, it's a double-edged sword because I, you know, you can as you get better, you kind of your gaps seem bigger, but they may be smaller. So can you explain that? Because it's a it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So the you can tell someone who's really not intelligent because they think they know everything, right? You know those guys who say like, oh, and fuck, dude, I lived here for ages. I thought that I knew every single thing there was to know about the human body and I knew sweet fuck all compared to what there is. It's only when you start knowing a lot of information that you're like, oh, my God, there is so little that I know out of all of this. And the Dunning-Kruger effect, yeah, it really describes that. When you are not very intelligent in an area, you don't know a whole lot. You have very, very high levels of confidence. And what ends up happening is you'll attack something. Let's let's use you know making money or running a business as an example. A lot of people go into business because they're a really good practitioner. They're a great mechanic. They're a great tradie. They're a great personal trainer or whatever. They're really good at what they do. So they go out and they start their own business. And they say, it'll be easy. I'll have loads of clients. I'll make loads of money. It'll be super, super. It'll be a piece of piss. That moment is the most dangerous because you know sweet fuck all about it. Anyone who knows business knows that, yeah, business can be easy, but you've got to be really, really smart about the way that you do it. And you've got to have all your I's dotted and all your T's crossed in order to succeed. But anyone who says, no, nah, no, nah, it's a piece of piss, it'll be fine, like I'm just going to crush it, shows how little they actually know. And so what happens is they'll go into business or they'll go into doing whatever they're doing and then they'll start encountering all these challenges. And so what will happen is with each challenge, their confidence will drop. And each time their confidence drops, their knowledge actually increases because like, oh, wow, I didn't know about having to pay my tax. I didn't know that I had to pay, you know, charge GST. I didn't know that I needed to have multiple multiple bank accounts or separate bank accounts for my business or for my personal name. I didn't know that I needed a mentor. I didn't know that I needed to actually ask people for help around this area. I didn't know that I could ask for people in this area. And you'll see that with each time their confidence drops because they keep fucking up and making mistake and mistake and mistake, their knowledge actually grows. And so they're in this little loop where they go up at the start where their confidence is sky high and they know fuck all. Then their confidence keeps taking hits and hits and hits and they start learning. And then right down the bottom, there's this pivot point where they have really low confidence. They've been totally humbled, but they've learned a lot. And then they go on this upward trajectory. If you can get out of your own way, and I had to do this massively. I was so in my own way for so many years. If we can get out of our own way, put our ego aside, drop our confidence down, be humble and acknowledge that there's lots that we can learn from all these these other people. And the fastest way to success is by standing on the shoulders of giants. We go into this massive learning trajectory and life is so much easier. I mean, I spend like 300 grand a year on mentoring and it I, know, I think you've probably noticed it's done pretty well for us here at JCF it's helped us out a lot it's like as soon as we can humble ourselves and take on the advice of others the faster we get onto this rapid learning trajectory but also rapid success trajectory yeah that makes a whole bunch of sense I just can't now that I've experienced mentoring and I've been experiencing mentoring for a long period now I just can't ever imagine hopping back on that conveyor belt that just goes at a certain speed where would you be right now if you didn't have mentoring? Like what trajectory were you on before you had mentoring? I was lucky, like positivity is kind of my number one thing. So I was happy, which is key. 
However, that was like the rest of the the rest of the, my life, like down in the other areas. I was like, well, what else is happening here? Like financially, fuck, I didn't act my wage, bro. I spent way too much money. Um, spiritually, didn't even know what I was doing here, what who I was, my relationships. Man, dude, like, yeah, I lost about six years of my life in, in a depression of, you know, a breakup. And that doesn't sound very happy. No, that wasn't very happy after that. <laughs> and then finding those things and having, I've had, you know, I've been very lucky, like, with the mentors that I have, that have come into my life and I've, I've chosen to, you know, connect with, transform. Like, what I have now, like, I waited a fucking long time and I was an idiot, like, just because I didn't know. I didn't know what a mentor was. I didn't even know it was a thing. And then when I found one, I was like, why not 10 years ago? Like, why, why did I have to go through all that shit to get to this now? Like, but you say know. you were happy at the start. You say you were happy, but then in the same breath, you say, oh, yeah, I didn't act my wage. I didn't have any money. Like, I didn't know what my purpose was. I was totally lost. I was stuck in a depression of breakup. Why did you, and this is so common, why do you think that you still thought you were happy when all the signs and the way you were describing it show that you clearly weren't. Awareness. Just Danny Kruger. I didn't even know. Mm. Danny Kruger. Like just, I was positive, had a smile on my face, but there was all that stuff behind that you're like, that you were completely unaware of. And at the same time, that idea of like, you didn't deserve it. I got to work really, really hard to get these things. Like it just, it, it's just going to be hard. It's going to be hard all the time. And so I just thought, oh, fuck it. This is, this is just how life is. This is the recipe. This mm. is what I'm going to do. Mm. <laughs> and then suddenly somebody just opens the door, bro. Like, hey, mate, just walk through here. Stop smacking your head against that wall. The answer, if you just come through here, you the runway. You're just like, what? What are you talking about? The Winner's Bible was the first book I read that, that showed me like a glimpse. And I was like, fuck, here I am. What was that? The Winner's Bible? The Winner's Bible by a, um, by a guy called Dr. Kerry Spackman. What does that cover? It, everything from um, like setting goals to visualization to how the mind works to developing beliefs. Like it was the first time, like I was 22, I was a math teacher. I was sitting in the classroom. Oh, you know, those old fucking hoary as old classrooms that, you know, you're as a kid, you like, there's penises and everything yeah, drawn yeah, on yeah. the desk. And they, you know, they look, they, the desks that look like post Malone skin. Yes, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. And I just remember opening this book and I wanted all these shiny objects. I wanted the boat, I wanted the car, I wanted the check. Like, that's what I wanted. And I'm not saying that it's bad to want those things. I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying it was the first trigger to go, I want more. I don't know what that was. I'm still young, you know, whatever. But it put me on the path of growth and it went, how? How am I even going to do this? I'm like, well, I'll start here. This is, I'll, I'll do these tasks that this book tells me to do. And I started that journey there and I was, and I was off. But I, I did it, I tried to do it through books and YouTube and, I, you know, all those things. And I was like, oh, I'll get there, I'll get there. You're on the cheapest way possible. The cheapest way yeah. possible. I was, I was talking with Charlie, Charlie Valor about this. Um, actually, I think he put up a post about it just recently on, on Facebook. Is talking about how um, he used to be so worried about money that he would always go for the cheapest option, not the best. It's like, oh my God, it is so, so worth spending a shitload more money to get value. And I think that's what a lot of the time we miss, the value exchange. 
how much money does it cost for you to get one unit of value? If it costs you 10 times more to get 100 times more value, you take that option every time. We talk about it like I remember talking about it with some of the sales sniper guys. So you pay five grand, easy, just for a call with a guy because he gives you one thing, one thing. And it's like, you know, we talk with our clients and stuff, they get... They take one thing away and it transforms like a snowball into their life and they can track it back and they go, oh, yeah, three years ago, this guy said this one thing and it just fast-tracked my life. So instead totally. of 40 years doing this, it's, it's that. I remember I, I paid, um, I think it was 20 grand I paid for mentoring with some guys for like, I think it was like 12 weeks. Um, and like, it was, it was all right. It was nothing spectacular. It didn't help us a whole lot, but there was one line that I got out of it, which is, uh, instead of James, what has got you to this point in your business is not what will get you to your next. And I remember that my whole perspective on business shifted and allowed us to dramatically improve everything that we do within JCF. Well, on that, like you put up a post the other day, like um, people ask you, what books do you read? Like what are your top three? And you hit mm. power now, Marcus, Marcus Aurelius, right? Um, meditations of Marcus Aurelius. What would you say if you have one? You probably got it doesn't, but what would you say is your kind of first principle philosophy? Like, what would you base your foundation of what you build your beliefs on at the yeah. moment? Everything that you do is a choice. So where you are right now is a choice, um, and it gets like it, it gets really quite deep. Sometimes quite dark in that. But if you right now are anxious and depressed. It's because of your choices that have led you there. Therefore, being anxious and depressed is a choice. If you're worried about your mortgage and you feel like you can't afford to pay it and you're worried about paying your mortgage, you have a choice. You can, and I know guys have done this, just stop paying the mortgage and go bankrupt and sell your fucking house. You don't even have to go bankrupt. Some people make a lot of money, particularly right now in this housing market about selling the house. Or you can just, you know, Keep working and you can keep staying in this cycle that you're in and know that one day you'll get out. But either way, you have a choice. You're not going to die. And even the other thing too is like a lot of the time we we say, oh, well, you're not going to die, so it's going to be okay. Well, even if you do die, like is death actually bad? Now we're going like super deep and I've probably skipped a couple of steps here, yeah. but I think this is an important thing to, to look at. It's like we all view death as so bad. We all view death as this horrible traumatic event. It's like, well, what about death's actually that bad? What about death is so horrible? Because I don't know about you, but like most religions and anyone spiritual pretty much talks about death as becoming like enlightenment, right? Like where you go to heaven, you go to nirvana, you go to whatever you call it, right? Yeah, yeah. You go beyond this place. I haven't heard anyone talk about going beyond being a bad thing. I know some Christians talk about hell and all that sort of stuff, but even then, Every good Christian will then talk about, or every good person in, who's a good practitioner of religion will say, you have an opportunity to redeem yourself, so you go to heaven anyway, right? So you can't fuck it up. Like, you end up at heaven no matter what. And then even if you're an atheist, well, it just turns to nothing. And nothing can't be bad because it's nothing. So what's so bad about it? Why do we have such a massive fear around death? So I think the coolest thing in the, in, in the end anyway is that whether you do something, you live or you die, it's all groovy. It's all going to be fine anyway. And it's your choice because no matter what happens, no matter where you end up, it's all still good. You still pass, you die, you move on to the next level. You go to enlightenment and life's great. You're living in heaven or wherever it is that you believe in and life's fucking awesome. So stop fucking worrying about it. Where you are right now is a choice. 
Every single decision that you've made has led you to where you are and you're in the perfect position for the decision for the decisions that you have made. And then every single decision that you make after this will influence where you end up in life, where it, wherever it is. So if you want to be in a better position, start making better fucking choices. Simple as that. That's, it makes 100% sense. And we talk about the drama triangle when there's like the hero, the villain, and the victim. However, what do you say to a guy? Someone might be watching this right now and they go, well, it's all fucking good for you, James. You've got a beautiful wife, soon to be a dad. You're healthy, fit. You're, you're handsome. You've got your nice house. You, you know, fuck you. I'm anxious, depressed, and all those other things. Like, how, how do you say that to me? What do you say to them? Well, it's your problem, bro. Like, in the end of the day, it's like, I'm still, you can hate me as much as you like. I'm still going to be here with my awesome wife, with my soon to be daughter, with my amazing dog, and my chickens, and my quails, and my bananas. Like, I'm still going to be here doing my thing. You can hate it as much as you like, but it's not going to improve your life. And I think that we fixate on what other people say far too much. We often, you look at like Will Smith just slapped the shit out of Chris Rock, right? Pretty fucking funny, I must say. I'm not going to comment on the actual situation. I'm going to comment on people's reactions to it. Lots of people are like, fuck you, Will Smith, or fuck you, Chris Rock. What you say has no impact whatsoever on their life. So shut the fuck up. If you want to act differently, if something that Will Smith did or Chris Rock said you know, if that impacted you or you felt bad about it or felt in some way, well, go focus on you. Don't worry about what they're doing because every single unit of energy that you put into commenting on their stuff or slagging me off for saying your choices are where you are, where you made it, it's not going to make your situation better. If you actually want to make your situation better, do something about it. If you want to sit back and whinge, cool, good luck. That's your life. Enjoy that. But it's going to be pretty fucking miserable. I think you've nailed it on the head what is one of maybe possibly the scariest parts about whether it's choosing to grow, whether it's choosing to get a mentor, you're making the choice of going, fuck, I've got to admit to myself that where I am right now is shit, where I am right now is not where I want to be, and where I am right now is because of me. Owning it. Accepting responsibility. Have you ever noticed it's like we all want to whinge, complain, and point fingers but nobody wants to do the work. It's like, we all know who Greta Thunberg is, right? You heard of her, the little girl that whinges about climate change, right? How much has she actually done? Versus, do you know the name of the guy who's cleaning up plastic all through the oceans right now? Do you know his name? Don't know his name. I don't know his name. I don't know anything about him. What does that show us? It shows that we're immediately more, more attracted to whinging and complaining than we are to actually doing something. And as long as we identify with that and as long as we are more prone to whinging and complaining, the longer we'll be there. Greta whining about climate change is not going to do anything at all. But that kid going and cleaning up that oceans, those oceans is going to make our ecosystem and our planet so much healthier. So change who you hang out with. Don't hang out with whingers. Totally. Don't be a whinger as well. Don't be a whinger. I find it, I find it interesting that People often rely on, like, okay, it's the average of the people you hang around. But I asked another question. I'm like, well, how are you adding to your a- that average, bro? Like well, if, if you're the only way you're going to want to go up is the only way you can go up is if you're good enough to hang with the people who are doing better. Yeah. You want to be bringing the average down or you want to be bringing it up? How are you affecting that average? Okay. Yeah. Now that that makes sense. Um, what, what I wanted to touch on is like, you've spoken about all these things like the success and you know, having that leadership spoken with you earlier, uh, early in your life, like 
in terms of imposter syndrome, did you ever like did you ever get to a point in your business where you were just like, I can't do this, this is shit, like I fucking just want to get rid of JCF? Like, what were the kind of things that were pivot points where you're like, I don't know, either I don't know I can do this or I'm not good enough for this, or to be honest, I just I just I'm over it. Like fuck this. Yeah, plenty of times. I mean, there's a time, I can't remember how long it must have been, like 18 months ago, where I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sick of this shit because it was tough. And like, you look at the way that I was running the business and the values I had, uh, my whole thought was, oh, I've just got to work harder. Not thinking about the amount of value that I create. It's like, I just got to work harder and then I'll get there. That burns you out like nothing else. The other thing is I hardly invested in mentoring. Like I hardly put any money into mentoring at all. So of course it was difficult because I was working my ass off and trying to figure it out at the same time. It's ridiculously difficult. And then because I didn't know what I was doing, yeah, I had massive imposter syndrome because I didn't know what I was doing. So yes, I was an imposter because I didn't know what I was doing. And so as soon as we shift our mindset to saying, hey, how do I create the most amount of value for the people that I'm trying to help and be? Who can help me get there faster? It's amazing what it does for your confidence because instead of butting your head against a brick wall, suddenly you have all the answers, you have a much more effective business or life, and you end up being way more successful really, really easily. Have you ever thought about like taking a break from mentoring or stopping or like, you know, you know, you're like, oh, you know what? I think I think I've arrived. I've yeah. arrived. I got this. Yeah, yeah. Fucking hit. Yeah, it's funny. You know what happened when I arrived is I immediately stopped growing. Right. The moment, <laughs> the moment that I I stopped, uh, I stopped working. I, I had one. It's really great. It's a good friend of mine still. I remember the moment I stopped working with him. Um, he was helping with like, with like marketing and being able to promote our message out there way better. The moment I stopped working with him, our marketing stopped. Right. <laughs> it just stopped. Didn't get any better. Didn't grow anymore. It actually started going downhill. And so ever since then, I just keep mentors around, not even necessarily just to keep moving forwards, but to not go backwards because there is nothing worse to me. Money comes and goes. I don't care. Fuck it. I'll waste a little bit of money here and there. Like Maybe I don't get as much return on investment out of some of the things that I, I, that I invest in, but I don't go backwards. And that is far more costly. I know Warren Buffett, the, the legendary investor, says, it doesn't matter what your return is, just don't fucking lose it. Right. Obviously, that's not a quote, but <laughs> you get the idea, right? Just don't lose it. Don't move backwards. Staying, oh, staying where you are, like is okay, right? Or even not even staying with you is, is not okay because there's no such thing as staying where you are. You're either moving forwards or backwards. Moving forward slowly is okay, but don't go backwards. And the only time where you're guaranteed to go backwards, it's it's that little period after you just cut your mentor, after you just cut coaching. You every single time go backwards. Until then, again, you go and pick someone, pick up mentoring again, and then you start moving forwards. You reckon that's got a lot to do with self sabotage? <laughs> There's so many different facets of that. First of all, is ego because you get all these great results and you think, well, I know everything. Think James, you know, 21 year old James is making 500K, right? I know everything, so I don't need any help because I've got this and I can take it from here, right? That fucking lie. That's the first one. The second one, yeah, there's definitely a part of it, which is fear of future success because 
a lot of people associate having more success with working harder or with a negative outcome. Uh, for example, if you judge somebody for the amount of money they make, there's going to be a, there's probably going to be people in this who are like, "Fuck you, James! You're talking about making all this money and all this sort of stuff. You're a piece of shit. You're rich and you're greedy." And it's like I can guarantee that none of those guys will make any money, right? They'll be sat working a minimum wage job. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but for them, they don't want that minimum which minimum wage job. Yeah. So they're not going to be happy with it, right? And so if we pass judgment onto other people, we immediately limit ourselves. So if you look in a direction that you're going and you're like, oh, fuck, I'm going to start making you a lot of money. Well, what if I end up like that James prick? I'm just going to be a total piece of shit. And so then we want to stop because there's it would be easier for us or more comfortable for us to make less money and be unsatisfied with our life than be with this dude who's being really successful and having a great life. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I often, I, I caught myself that when I was younger, like I'd see a guy driving a really, really nice car, say it's a Lambo or something. Like, oh yeah, what a dick. But there was that, oh yeah, what a, I'm like, hang on, what? What are, what are you saying? I knew deep down that, that that's what I wanted. I wanted that car. But I was yeah. like, that guy's a dick. I'm like, you're never going to get that car. If you think the guy driving is a dick, you've judged him, obviously. But I'm like, why would you subconsciously ever attain to be a dick? Because that's what you've judged as. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. hilarious, <laughs> yeah, a hilarious thing there. And that's why you look in Australia, why so many men are anxious, depressed, divorced, or in an unhappy marriage or in a shitty life, which they're not happy with. I'm not here to judge other people and what their life is, but- if you're not happy with where you're at, look at how you're judging other people. The tall poppy is really strong here, really strong. What I mean by tall poppy syndrome is you see someone doing really well, so you try and chop them down, come through, slice it all the way. And if you're doing that and you're partaking in that, it could be a reason why your life's not doing too great. Because I tell you what, I, I work with a lot of successful people, a lot of guys who are millionaires and future billionaires, right? And None of those guys ever try and take someone down. They're like, hey, you're super successful. How can I learn from you? How do I get what you got? I know one dude who did it from literally the owner of Sales Sniper, Matt, Matt Boone, one of the most successful, Matt Ryder as he's known, one of the most successful people like that. He just finds people who are doing really well and goes and learns from them. Simple as that. And that's why his company's gone from doing $0 in revenue to like what, 30 million something now in revenue. Plus he spends time with his awesome wife, with his kids. And he's still fit and strong and healthy and happy. He lives an amazing life because he doesn't have the tall poppy and because he always stands on the shoulders of giants. He's one of the most least judging guys I know. And it's funny because I look at you just with inside our JCF and, you know, I remind myself, the guys watching this, like it is one of the coolest places to work. We are freaking lucky. Like it is an awesome, it is an awesome place. It's a cool place, man. Yeah. We have a cool purpose. Like obviously we get to work with a lot of awesome men, but inside our at our crew it's um it's yeah it's unimaginably awesome but one of the things is, is like everybody's doing different things we've all got our different summit and it's it's you know it's completely different to each other but the one thing like and this is this is on james a little bit of uh making blush but he's he does so well in congratulating us for every achievement we have it's not compared to anyone else it's not this it's not that it's not big or small it's like if that's towards your summit bro then congratulations, that's just awesome. And I think that's, you know, so far against that mentality because we have it in New Zealand as well. Like, why? Why tall poppy? Why not congratulate and try to find their path, look at their way? I think it's, it was really interesting you mentioned that thing about Warren Buffett because I was on a call today and they were talking about why is it 
that the guy who made all the poor choices all his life, he's 300 pounds, and then he makes a choice to lose weight and he drops 100 pounds and we're all like, freaking hoorah, this guy is the man. But then the guy who just didn't make the dumb choices just stayed at 150 pounds for his whole time. We don't celebrate him for not making dumb choices. It's like investments, right? Mm. You will do really, really well financially if you don't make dumb choices. If you don't lose the money, you'll do well. But we don't congratulate those guys. We congratulate the guys who come from rags to riches or the underdog story or the guy who was overweight and having a rough time to lose all the weight. I'm like, what about the guy standing in the back, just cruising, making good choices? And I think when it comes to mentoring, you, you mentioned it as like, not only do they speed things up, but the speed is also increased because they stop you from doing those dumb things. On totally. You stop moving backwards. And that's the biggest thing. It's not about how fast you can move forwards. It's about how few times you can move backwards. Yeah. And it's like blind spots. You think all your blind spots are, have gone, but it's a reason why it's called a blind spot because you can't see it. Totally. But thanks so much, James. It's been awesome, mate. It's been a fun chat, dude. Yeah. Looking forward to it. We'll, um, we'll leave it with the guys there. If they have any questions, they can throw them in and we can bring them up and fill them in next time. And guys, if, if, if this has been a benefit for you and you want to learn more about what we talked about and you want to keep moving forwards and you don't want to be chained to where you are, like you feel like you kind of maybe you're stuck in a rut or you're not progressing at the rate that you'd like to and you want to get better, if you want to be able to make more money, if you want to be able to succeed in your business or in your career, you want to be able to have a more feeling relationship with your partner, like the way that you know I've with, with, with Soph and what Josh has with Fleur. And you want to be able to just be at your peak all the time, surrounded by people who are going to make you better. Just click on the link. We're going to, uh, I'll get the, the, the uh, editing team to go and chuck a link in below and you can click it. It'll be somewhere around here in some space. If it's on YouTube, it's going to be in the comment section. If it's on Facebook, you'll see a little bar for it. Just click on the link and you'll be able to put in your information there. And we're more than happy to help you out and get you what you need. Uh, have a little chat over the phone and make it short and make it so, you, so that you can absolutely crush it. So just click the link wherever it is and we'll be more than happy to help you out. Have an awesome day, guys. I hope this helped you out. I hope you enjoyed the video. If you got something out of it and you want to learn more, click the link below or type in High Performance Conversations with James Can, and you'll be able to check out all the podcasts that we've done. We cover a stack of different topics, everything from getting your mojo back, overcoming anxiety, self-doubt, self-esteem, and learning from some of the industries and some of the world's top performers in both business and in health. Look forward to having you on there.